Welcome to the Wellness Journey podcast from the St. John Vianney Center. I'm Dr. Mariette Danilo, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to journey with you through these challenging times and to hopefully provide you with information that will help sustain you. Our podcasts are aimed at keeping you healthy in mind, body, and spirit. This is podcast three. We continue our talk today about chronic stress with today's topic, chronic stress and the mind. Before we continue, I want to make it clear that in sharing the material in our podcasts, it is not our intention to minimize or trivialize the seriousness of this pandemic. But instead, this topic is intended to help you overcome disabling thoughts that can thwart clear thinking and creativity. We want to help you manage apprehension and anxiety. Most importantly, we want to enhance hope and encourage joy. So let's get started. The mind, the mind steers the ship for the body. So it's important that we see things clearly. The mind, can distort reality if we're not careful. In our previous podcast, we talked about the different ways people have been responding to the COVID-19 pandemic and why. We said that there were different styles for attempting to retain control over adversity and that when people perceive that they have little to no chance of controlling outcomes, This creates anxiety, which makes it difficult to handle stress. Ordinarily, stress is a normal and necessary part of life. The right amount, well-managed, can make us feel alive, increase our productivity, energy, creativity, and happiness. If you don't have any stress or some anxiety, well, you're probably not growing. But too much stress and how we manage it matters. There are many different ways to do this, and one of the most important ones has to do with our lens. That is, how we look at the stressor, how we interpret the event, how our minds frame it, and our own subjective belief in our ability to handle it. This has much to do with resilience and we'll be talking about in later podcasts, but for now, it is very important to understand ourselves, our own unique thoughts and ways in which we tend to confront adversity. Viktor Frankl said, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Dr. Kelly McGonigal is a health psychologist at Stanford University who is known for her research on health-related illness. She emphasizes the importance of an individual's belief in themselves as someone who is able to cope successfully as being a crucial factor in their actual response to stress. Why is this important? Because if we can learn skills and strategies for changing our moods and our thinking, 
and make the lifestyle changes that foster resilience, we would be more likely to have confidence in our ability to successfully navigate challenges. And the good news is that these skills can be learned at any age. But let's get back to what Dr. McGonigal is saying because it's important. She compiled a number of studies to show that those who perceive stress as harmful tend to experience more stress-related health problems. She argues that how we interpret stressors matters a great deal. If we tend to see every situation as threatening, our body goes into a fight or flight mode, which is unpleasant and unproductive. So over time, we're going to learn to avoid stressful circumstances. But when we see an adverse event as an opportunity to rise to the occasion, to meet a challenge, it generates what she calls approach motivation. Both types of motivation spur action, but one has a long-lasting positive effect on the mind and body, while the other can lead to chronic stress, anxiety, and burnout. McGonagall says, we have a choice. If I were you, I'd be thinking, are you kidding? This is a pandemic. How can I choose to see this as a challenge? That's crazy. Well, think about the situation in which you find yourself now. How are you going to continue your God-given mission? For example, how can we evangelize now, administer the sacraments, continue our community's mission? Do any opportunities exist anywhere? Will we need to do things differently? And for how long? Will things change? And if so, how? Kathleen Norris encourages us to adapt to change when she says that, and I quote, disconnecting from change does not recapture the past. It loses the future, unquote. I leave the challenges of how you will fulfill your missions to you. I only point out the following. We may not know the why and the how, and we're not even sure of what is happening. But one thing I'm sure of, there's nothing like a pandemic to put life in perspective. Would you agree that it's highly likely that because of this situation, Many people, believers and non-believers alike, are asking themselves important questions about life, about God, their life's purpose, and their priorities. As this situation was unfolding, my first thought was what would happen to the NFL and would I be able to frequent my happy place, Costco? Soon after that, I began to see the bigger picture. I miss Mass, the Eucharist. I began to express warm feelings towards people I took for granted. And I'm sure you have your own stories. So, 
Which lens will you choose? And how might you engage this crisis within the context of your own ministry? Martin Seligman, a University of Pennsylvania researcher, identified three crucial dimensions within uh, what he calls our explanatory model. It's how we explain events to ourselves. I want you to think of each of these as I describe them in relation to the pandemic. First, permanence. Is this going to last forever or is it temporary? People who give up easily believe the causes of bad events will always be there to affect their lives. They will last forever. People who resist helplessness believe the causes of adverse events are more temporary. Second, pervasiveness. This is the belief that this is going to impact every single aspect of your life. Nothing will be okay. This would be the end of the world. Third, personalization. When bad things happen, we can internalize it and blame ourselves, or we can blame something or someone else and externalize it. This is the perception that I'm the only one this is happening to. No one else could understand. So think about this pandemic. Have you been thinking in these ways? Before we go any further, I want to leave you with some suggestions that I hope you'll consider. Engage your brain. Brain research tells us it's essential for your overall health. What engages you? Crossword puzzles, movies. Some of my friends are watching the big movie sequels like the Star Wars movies. And you may finally have time for all the Rocky sequels, and I guess there probably are about 23 of those by now. Take a walk, learn a language, or how to play a new instrument, write, journal. You can record your iPhone voice memos. You can keep a journal that way if you don't want to write. But exercise your mind. Compartmentalize your stress. Get your news from a respected, credible source once a day, preferably in the morning. And then stay away from the constant stream of attention-grabbing headlines and tabloid news articles. Remember what Scarlett O'Hara said in the movie classic, Gone with the Wind? When she was overwhelmed by the war, she said, I'll think about it tomorrow. This is actually a good strategy for not becoming overwhelmed. Avoid cognitive distortions. These are the ways your mind can distort the realities of the world. Our minds can frame thoughts in ways that are not whole. It's like looking at yourself in a funhouse mirror. It's all distorted. Some examples of this are catastrophizing. And this is where you see the situation as 100% hopeless and it's the end of the world. And 
Here's a real popular one. What if thinking? What if? What if this virus never goes away? <clears throat> what if this is the end of our ministries as we know it? Have these things happened yet? No, but we're worrying ourselves sick now. This is very debilitating because you're experiencing dread and pain for something that may not even happen. What if the plane crashes? And you could fill in the blank here. Everyone has their own set of what ifs and their own dreads, but it really, you need to train your mind not to go there. And you can find a list of more cognitive distortions on our website. But now something very important before I say goodbye. If your anxiety is beginning to overwhelm you, do reach out for assistance. Call us or your own healthcare provider. This happens to most people at one time or another and it can be dealt with effectively. In an upcoming podcast, Dr. Patricia Donahue, a clinical psychologist from the St. John Vianney Center, will be joining us to answer questions about how to know how much anxiety is too much and what to do if you should feel overwhelmed. I'd like to close with another quote from the remarkable Viktor Frankl. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. I hope today's topic, Chronic Stress in the Mind, proves useful to you. You can find all our podcasts and get additional information and resources for clergy and religious by visiting our website at sjbcenter.org. You've been listening to the Wellness Journey podcast. We are the St. John Vianney Center, and our mission is you.